welcome to the Battling Pickle Podcast Season 2. This morning, I uh, I got really wet on a walk, so let's talk about it. Let's go into the main body of the podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Battling Pickle Podcast, the podcast that is named as an homage to Delta State University's Fighting Okra. I am Dr. John Westfall. I guess I am the battling pickle. Uh, who knows? Whatever you want to call me, I am recording the first official episode of season two. I guess we had the teaser episode last week that I published. Uh, today, this is our first official episode, and I am soaking wet. I just got back from a morning walk, uh, and if uh, you are looking at the weather forecast for today, June 25th, as I record this, it was rainy in Cleveland, Mississippi this morning. Uh, I thought I might get one in before, and I wanted to use my walk in the rain as sort of an example of the discussion topic today for abnormal psychology. Abnormal psychology, uh, and I'll don't worry about, uh, for those of you in psych of learning, you're going to get a tie-in on this later, but in abnormal psychology today, I'm asking students to think about what is abnormal versus normal. Because obviously, uh, if we have a class named abnormal psychology, that means that we actually do make this distinction. In fact, it's interesting, there are a number of uh, psych departments around the country that are changing the name of their abnormal psychology class because they don't particularly feel as comfortable with the a distinction of normal and abnormal for reasons that will probably be very clear after I finish recording this podcast. So abnormal, a word that we use quite a bit. In the clinical sense, there are it's more than just something that you wouldn't see every day. That is, I think, the textbook definition of abnormal or the dictionary definition, you know, something you don't see every day that's out of the normal, that's abnormal. But in order for something behavior-wise to be classified as abnormal and for it to be something that we think is treatable, we have to have more criteria than that. One of the students in abnormal has actually already submitted their discussion point today, and they started off by saying, you know, it's really a matter of opinion. And they're absolutely right. It is always a matter of opinion when you're talking about uh, scientific consensus. I mean, that's an opinion in science is a consensus of opinions. But when we think about that's just your opinion, that's sort of a flippant way that we disregard other people sometimes. We say, oh, well, you know, that's just your opinion. Don't, you know, don't tell me what to do, et cetera, et cetera. But there are uh, opinions that are based on fact. And those are the opinions that we can't just dismiss away based on, oh, that's just your opinion. I'm not going to listen to you. So what makes something abnormal? Well, the classification system that I like personally uh, is one that I believe uh, originated in the uh, Myers intro psych textbooks years ago, and it's still around in a few different places. Uh, it thinks about it from a four factor perspective. The idea that for abnormal behavior to be considered abnormal and um, you know severe enough to be treated, there are four different aspects you need to look at. The first is atypicality. Uh, and this is the easiest one. I mean, is this normal behavior that you see people doing? So this morning, when I was walking in the rain, literally on the walking trail in downtown Cleveland, that is pretty atypical. Uh, you don't see a lot of people willingly going out in the middle of the rain, 
to go for a walk uh, without an umbrella, without anything. Now, in my defense, when I went out there originally, it was not raining. But uh, it started raining over the course of the 40-minute walk. But still, if you were to see some random dude walking around um, on the street and it's raining out, you're going to go, eh, that's a little bit atypical. I don't see that every day. Uh, and that's, that's fair. You don't. So atypicality, is everyone else doing it? Do you see it normally? And for something, you know, something that might be, might hit the other criteria, as we'll talk about at the end here, atypical might be the only saving grace that makes it not something that we consider abnormal that needs to be uh, corrected. So the second element, we have atypicality. We have this idea of justifiability. Is it unjustified, the behavior that you're observing in someone else or that you're observing in yourself. For me, uh, my justification this morning was, well, it wasn't raining when I started out this morning. Uh, and I looked at the weather forecast. I had a little bit of pre-planning and it said there was scattered storms and I thought I might be able to make it before the rain came in. Uh, obviously I was wrong, but and as I look outside right now, it's not really raining at all. So of course I got hit on the, the sheets of rain, not the, the rain at this moment. But anyway, uh, justifiability. Can you justify the behavior? And if it is both atypical and unjustified, so if you had come up to me as I was walking in the rain and said, hey, uh, you're walking in the rain. And I said, yeah, what about it? And then you said, well, was it raining when you came out? Yeah, it was raining when I came out, knew it was going to rain, thought it was a fun idea to go for a walk in the rain. Yeah, you might be a little bit concerned there because there's really no justification for most people. I didn't have anywhere I had to go. It was literally a leisure walk. So it's not like I could say, well, I was on my way to my job or et cetera, et cetera. So we've got typicality, we've got justifiability. Our next dimension is maladaptive or adaptive function. Sometimes we have to do something in an adaptive way that looks maladaptive, looks like it's not useful to us. So going back to my walking example, you know, walking in the rain, if I had had a job that I had to get to that if I didn't get there, I would have been fired and it would have been disastrous for my financial situation then that is adaptive behavior to walk in the rain. It might not be the best behavior. It might lead to people being, uh, you know, wet when they get to where they're going, but it is adaptive. And you see this a lot in psychological disorders. You see people who, in order to cope with something that's traumatic, they engage in a maladaptive behavior, but in the sense of, is this the worst possible thing I could be doing? There are different levels, you know, someone who has a compulsion uh, to, you know, clean items repeatedly, that might be better in a sense than them doing something else to get rid of that obsession. But obviously there's going to be even better things, which would be not to have that compulsion at all. So adaptive, maladaptive is our third dimension. And our fourth dimension is disturbing quality of it. Is the behavior disturbing to yourself or other? I was not particularly disturbed about walking in the rain. Um, others do occasionally get disturbed when they see me walking in the rain. And I know this because they have pulled up to me when it is raining, and this has happened to me before. I guess I'm admitting that I sometimes make poor weather planning choices. They've come up to me in the past, strangers, and said, hey, let me give you a ride. Get in my car, let me get a ride. And I'm thinking, well, first of all, I. 
I was told from a young age, don't randomly get into people's cars. But of course, I grew up in the north, maybe down here, it's more accepted to randomly, you know, tell people to get in your car to get them somewhere safer. Uh, probably not. Uh, I think people are just trying to be nice. and They don't see how weird it is when they kind of pull up to a stranger and yell at them to get in their car. But I, I I have noticed that sometimes when I walk places, especially if I'm walking long distances, I like going for an hour, hour and a half long walk, etc. Uh, people will tell me, no, no, let me drive you there. Let me get you there. It's almost as if my behavior walking on my own is disturbing to them just because uh, of some reason. So you've got these four dimensions. You've got disturbing, maladaptive, atypical, and justifiable. And if you think about psychological disorders, all behavior that we think of as needing treatment ticks all four of those boxes. It is atypical, it is maladaptive, it is unjustifiable, and it is disturbing to self or others. Even if it is something that isn't disturbing others, it can disturb ourselves. So if you talk to someone who, for example, uh, has a I think of a good one. Eating disorder, those individuals tend to be in denial for a little while, but maybe they, they start to realize that, um, you know, people identify behaviors in themselves that they find disturbing that others might say, well, that's not a big deal. Uh, that's probably one of the issues that stops people from getting treatment. No one else is telling them you should get treatment uh, and they're going, but this is deeply disturbing about myself. So as you write on your discussion post today and you talk with your partners if you're in my abnormal psych class um, you know those four criteria are just four criteria there are many other ways to think about the behaviors so don't feel like those have to be something that you talk about you might actually think of a fifth criteria or you might argue with me and say that no justifiability doesn't really matter or adaptiveness doesn't really matter uh, it's all about atypicality if it's different from the norm then that's abnormal you can make that argument. Turning to the psychology of learning students, you guys are starting in your intro material to ed psych. And one of the things that I've already gotten from a couple of people in class is this concern that, well, if I'm not an active educator, am I gonna have a problem in ed psych? And what I would tell you is that 90% of any psychology class is core psychology, and there's 10% that wraps around it in a sense. Same thing with abnormal psych. 90% of abnormal psych is normal psychology, and then the 10% is the you know, when normal psychology goes wrong in a sense. So for you uh, individuals in EPY 601, you are going to have examples from the classroom that you can use, but you'll also have examples from the classes you've taken, everyday life. So don't get too held up if there's a discussion topic or there's a post or there's something that really focuses on the classroom. Don't get too held up if you don't have anything personally to add from teaching uh, because you're going to have material that will work just fine in your discussions. Thinking about the topic that I gave uh, just now on abnormal psychology, you know, that's also something that I think we can apply in the educational context. Those four dimensions really help us understand a student's motives as well as just a client in a, a therapist's office, their motives. You know, students do things that look unjustifiable until you talk to them and you find out that they're, in their mind, they've justified it. Students do things that look maladaptive until you find out in their mind that it is adaptive to them. Uh, you know, I remember years ago when I took a class and I had a calculator that would help me uh, solve 
these trigonometry proofs a lot easier than um, the way that the teacher was teaching it. And I remember the teacher asking me, you know, why are you going through all these complex steps? You could do it a lot easier with this shortcut or this or that. And I just had to say, well, it's working for me. And they had to agree, well, it's working for you. Uh, so sometimes we don't necessarily use all four of those dimensions when we look at how a student is behaving. And it might be useful to us to really think about that, especially when you get into three of the four, but a crucial fourth isn't there. So in a class, you might have a very typical behavior that is maladaptive and it is unjustifiable, or I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going in the opposite direction. You might have a very typical behavior, but it is unjustifiable, maladaptive and disturbing, and you still need to try to correct that behavior even if everyone is doing it. It's hard to do because at that point, it's uh, you know a force of the will of the whole class, but it still is something that you need to recognize and say, this is trending toward, even if it's typical, this is something I don't want to have as a continual aspect. Anyway, that has been sort of my discussion this morning on what it is to have abnormal and kind of applying that to EPY uh, 601. I look forward to hopping on Canvas here in a little bit and looking at everyone's intro posts, and I'll be posting this podcast uh, on the Battling Pickle feed. And always feel free to reach out to me, and I will probably chat with you later today, tomorrow. Whenever inspiration strikes, you'll get more of these episodes. And if you're not in either of my classes, I welcome you to season two of Battling Pickle Podcast. As always, this has been an episode of the Battling Pickle Podcast. As I've mentioned in previous episodes, you can interact with me in a number of different ways. Uh, obviously, if you're a student of mine, you can send a message to Canvas. If you are just listening on uh, anywhere you get a podcast, you can go to anchor.fm slash battlingpickle, or you can go to johnwestfall.com and click on the Battling Pickle Podcast link. Somehow you'll be able to get in touch and you can either leave a message or you can ask me a question directly through, uh, you can always either email me as well and just say, hey, I wanna hear about this on Battling Pickle. I'm happy to accommodate. Have a great day.